You're listening to The Sweets Podcast. We've got the best in entertainment, health, music, lifestyle, oh yeah, hot topics. Find out what tea's been brewing right now on The Sweets Podcast. Hey, welcome back to The Sweets Podcast. It's your boy Chris J and I'm here with my girl Sheikah. How you doing Sheikah? I'm doing good. How are you doing this evening? I'm doing pretty good. How's it feel to be back? Ah, it actually feels good. <laughs> it's been at least two years since we did our first recording um, on ECSU campus, Elizabeth City State campus. Uh, what's been going on in your life since then? Uh, life. Has it really been that long? It has, believe it or not. <laughs> wow. Um, no, life. Just trying to, you know start my businesses and you know actually fulfill some of my dreams and not just my parents dreams for me (laughs) wow that's deep (laughs) well i mean that's important i mean a lot of people are um sort of following what their parents want them to do and they're miserable so i mean uh, it's yeah like i have I have a degree and I'm not even working in that field and I don't even want to work in that field. So, (laughs) well, um, I guess if I could speak for myself, um, since we last recorded, I think we both graduated. Um, so we're no longer at Elizabeth city state. We're in the area, but, um, no longer there. Um, me personally, I just kind of went on a new adventure, um, made new friends, um, developed new relationships with people, got back in tune with God. Um, I think my career endeavors changed a little bit. I kind of, when I graduated from college, my mind was set on, um, publishing and somehow in between that, I got a little shaken up. And, um, so now I'm in, I'm in film school. So it's a totally different, um, totally different track, totally different field. Um, but it's good. It's I'm still writing. Um, I actually just finished writing my first book. Um, so getting ready to work with a few editors and pursue traditional publishing there, and then, um, then continue on in film school. I've gotten to meet a lot of great professors. I'm at Regent University um, in Virginia Beach. Um, and I'm just enjoying life. Um, my friendships are, they're not the, not perfect, but I mean, they're better than what they used to be as far as, um, my experiences in undergrad went. So, I mean, I think I've grown a lot. So that's, that's basically where I'm at in my life. Just trying to transition from point A to point B, basically. Yeah. Well, congrats on finishing your first book. I mean, that's a big accomplishment in itself. Um, Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's what everybody's really trying to do is transition from one point of their life to the next. I mean, we just started a new decade, you know, 2020. (laughs) 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 But yeah, no. What's your... um... What what is your favorite memory from the last decade? 
if you have one. Ooh. Mm. Honestly, traveling. Um, like getting back to traveling. The 2019, I started back like actually traveling out of the country, and definitely favorite memories. And the funny thing was, I didn't even start traveling until 2009. So the fact that I haven't started back traveling like that until 2019, I was just like, okay. Yeah, that's great. Um, I haven't been able to travel um, as much. Um, I'm actually getting ready to go to Switzerland, Italy, and Germany in May um, to study abroad. So that'll be my first my first trip <laughs> uh, will be overseas. So um, that's a blessing by itself. But I guess to answer my own question, um, this is kind of cheesy, but uh, friendship is friendship is is important to me. Relationships with people are important to me, and I just think the relationships I built, especially over this past year, um, whether that's reconnecting with people that I kind of fell out with or um, just meeting my best friend, it's been, um, I think that's a highlight of my uh, of my decade because it's, I've had a lot of tough moments this past decade. I'm sure you have as well, but um, I lost my grandmother this past decade and that was um, tough to deal with. So it's kind of like, it was kind of like a little, I don't know, a, a blessing to just meet people to uplift you after going through all of that. So um, as cheesy as it is, that's my my hoorah of, of 2019 or, you know, my hoorah of the last decade. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I mean, that, but that is like people come into your life at the strangest times and it's like you don't even sometimes you don't even remember how you meet them or how you connected with them but you end up so close with them and they help you get through some of the toughest um, moments in your life and (laughs) it's just it's strange but I always think everything happens for a reason and some of those people aren't even meant to stay in your life the whole time some of them are really just there for your season of turmoil your season of hurt of grief whatever it is and you just progress from there and it's it's just so interesting to me how you can meet somebody that you know you you become close to what's in what seems like overnight and you're able to like pour into them all your feelings all your emotions and they're able to help you deal with those and um heal and grow and then can just be out of your life the same way they as quickly as they came in. Well, I think that's kind of like not to uh, it's a little plug here, but um, <laughs> that's kind of like the moral of my book that I wrote, um, which I can't give too many details yet. But uh, <laughs> that's kind of like where it's surrounding. I mean, um, I think my counselor said it best. I mean, some people come into your life for reasons, seasons, but then there are some that you're blessed to have. And, you know, those are the keepers that you get to um, sort of keep. So it's, it's, it's a beautiful thing. Um, I actually feel like I met a lot of, I don't think I met a lot of keepers. I think I met a few keepers this year. Um, I feel like 
Um, I met a lot of seasonal people this this year, this past year. Um, so it'll be interesting to see, you know, like who sticks around and um, who's supposed to stick around, you know. So, but you don't want to keep someone in your life longer than what they're meant to be. Um, that's definitely for sure, and that's definitely where I've fallen short of that. Trying to keep people in my life who just you don't need to be with me next in the next phase of my life. You know what I mean? Like, um, yep. you're not growing me. You're not stretching me, but that's, it's good to know that we're both in a better place than what we we were when we did this uh, two years ago. I think we're definitely more mature. Um, yes. The last time. And while it's on my mind, I just want to shout out those who helped us before um, Josh, um, Jayla, um, Tay, um, Sunny, just thank you for being a part of the show. Um, you guys are definitely appreciated. We miss you guys and hope to hear from you guys soon. Maybe we can get some of them to do an episode with us um, before this season ends. Yeah, that'd be nice. But moving right along, it's time for What's Brewing. It's our hot topic section. So we're just going to do a little recap of some hot topics that we might have missed being on our hiatus. Um, the first one, Mr. Kanye West, major switch from secular music to the gospel industry. What's your feelings on it, Sheikah? Mm. I, um, I don't mind it. It's his... Um, I'm actually happy he's doing whatever is making him happy instead of sticking to what people are telling him to do. Am I a fan of the the gospel uh, album? Not necessarily. (laughs) Not really. I did listen to it, though. I definitely gave it a chance. Well, I have a similar um, opinion. I'm happy. You know, there's a lot of debates, especially within the Christian community, um, whether or not, you know, he should be doing this or, you know whatever, whatnot. I have no problem. I'm not going to judge his heart because um, there's a lot of exactly. questions on like whether or not he has changed and is this just for um, a stunt or something. But I mean, that's not my place to say, but I will say um, his two albums were Jesus is King was the first one. And then the most recent one is Jesus is Born. Um, and these all started out with his Sunday services that he started to do over the summer and it's just kind of blown into this big thing um for me i didn't like the first album i thought <laughs> well i'm a big i'm really into christian rap um my best friend got me into christian rap lecrae and they rap to me like his lyrics weren't the best um yeah and i think that's because he hasn't he's so fresh into his relationship with christ that i don't think he's really gone through anything as as I mean, his experiences are significant, of course, but I don't think that he he doesn't have that depth that the other rappers have yet. I mean, have. I, so like Andy Mayo, to... Lecrae, and um, so forth and so on. I mean, they their lyrics are just phenomenal. It's because they've they've lived this out for a while. So I think I think the second one was better. But if you notice the second one, and when Jesus is born, he's not really um on it as much it's it's the choir and i think it, that makes a big difference so i don't know he's got to kind of evaluate like what works and what doesn't work here but i mean i didn't like the first one that's just my opinion 
<laughs> yeah, like I said, I'm not a fan of it. I'm a fan of him doing him. I'm a fan of him doing what makes him happy because I think a lot of people lose sight of that when they, that it's just like going back to the, like, what are you doing in your life? Um, you know, getting the degree for your parents, you could have got it for yourself, but you know, a lot of the times our parents push us to do that and even push us into certain fields, but then like taking, being brave enough to be like, okay, I did this, but this doesn't make me happy. So I'm going to go pursue what I want now. Even if you're mid, late twenties, thirties, forties, it's just like, okay, he switched up. That's, you know, from secular music and, you know, he's pursuing what's making him happy now. And I mean, he did used to rap about, um, God and Jesus before. Well, in a very kind of like demeaning way. Um, no, uh, uh, I, I'm thinking of his song, the the one in particular. I'm thinking of Jesus Walks. Well, yeah, that was one, but then he had that whole album, you know, kind of like making a mockery where he thought he was yeah, Jesus, he thought he was, Jesus he, thought he was God. He, that that yeah. little face he had, but I mean, like I said, I'm not trying to take away from what he's doing now, but I will say, like, um. I, I I think as he continues on getting to know the Lord and um it'll it'll, it'll get better. Like I think each album is gonna get better and I think you'll see him grow and you'll get to see how he's grown in his relationship with Christ because his lyrics are gonna show that. So um yeah. I just don't I haven't seen that yet. I I feel like it was just very like he was dependent on like the things he was used to doing as a secular artist for the first one. And I just feel like it doesn't work yeah. um, fully. Like he gave Fred Hammond like 30 seconds um, of a verse. And I was just like, this is Fred Hammond. Like you got to show Fred Hammond. He's a legend in the gospel music industry. He deserves more than five seconds in his song. Um, it was just kind of like, you know, <laughs> he, he just got to learn the game. You know what I mean? Like, you know, of course, you know, our community just supports black people, period. Not all the time. But like, oh, I um, wish. I but wish. for him, no. <laughs> for him, it was kind of like, well, he's black, and um, let's support this. Or you know, he's doing a Christian album. The Christian community, community, excuse me, listened. But it was just kind of like, um, I don't think he really knows if people really receive him or not yet, because it's just like he he just hasn't done enough yet to like know that. To know. I think he doesn't care, and I hope that he does. No, I don't think uh, he cares if people are receiving him or not, and I hope that he maintains that because you don't want people's opinions to um, infringe on your relationship well, with God and your journey. You know, like his music, that he's been doing music for years. People are going to listen. The fact that we listen to it means he got money off of it. So, like, people are going to listen regardless. And um, you got to listen to it to hate on it. How do you know the lyrics to the song if you didn't hear it? Well, I mean, so, I think all that is true. But at the same time, I feel like um, he's going to have to care because guess what? Like the gospel music industry is different than the secular industry because of it's that connection with God's people. So it's like you're going to have to care whether or not, you know, um, why aren't people really receiving what, I, you know, my music or, you know, this, that, and a third, because, you know, like, that's how, you know, it's all about, in this case, what he's doing now, he's trying to, like, you know, win people to Christ now, so it's kind of like, you got to do that in a certain manner, so it's just kind of like, um, he's going to have to care to some extent for that purpose of um, 
winning souls or whatever his you know goal is with this now that's my point on like he's got to care a little bit because i don't know i just i just wasn't moved by the first album like it it just didn't move me i think it, it was a lot of hype because it was his first yeah but it just wasn't it didn't move me like i mean jesus christ i mean trip lee who's a amazing christian rapper just every time i hear sweet victory it just you know gets me gets oh. me going you know what i mean but like i haven't heard a kanye west song that gets me going i like closed on sunday but that that's just because like it's it's the lyrics are funny i mean the first time i heard closed on sunday i was in a car with my best friend driving driving around norfolk and i just laughed out loud like we both laughed and, like what is this guy saying here like you my chick-fil-a like you know like what Bruh, <laughs> um, that's that that's the thing that mm, that song is what made me pause the album for a minute. I had to come back to it. I said, I know that I'm not rapping about uh, Christ and Chick-fil-A in the song. <laughs> I, was, I was trying to figure it out. I was like, uh, let, let me take a pause. I'm going to have to come back and listen to the really song. There's really no substance like, to the album. And this is what it is. Like, And I'm sorry, like, y'all can tweet, tweet me all you want. You can at me, like, whatever. It's just, there was no substance to the first album and it just goes back to because like I me personally and I'm not judging his heart I just don't feel like um he's not seasoned yet he's seasoned as secular but he's got to learn what it means to be a Christian artist and it just it's just it's different yeah I I agree that you know that's uh Jesus is king that's the first one I agree that didn't move me, but um, I, in some ways, I felt him. Like, I felt like he was trying. Like, it didn't, I'm not going to, if I needed to be uplifted, I'm listening to Ty Tribbett, Erica Campbell. I'm not, lift, you know, to get hype, I'm not listening to his uh, gospel album. Right. He's not quite there yet. But um, I do feel like he's tried because like the whole album actually has a theme. It it kind of sounds, and I can't say like oh it sounds like secular music because of the beats or whatever, but it it um it's kind of merging his old and his new. Well, I think he's got to life. find the new. I don't think he really knows what the new is yet because he's covering a lot of songs. He's redoing a lot of like, um, classics and turning them to like christian music but i don't know if he has found his um his voice in the christian market yet because i just i don't know i just i have a problem with him lyrically i don't have a problem with him spiritually i have a problem with him lyrically i've never judged him on what he's doing i mean jesus christ i mean trump is president like we never thought that would happen but like i'm not judging his heart on like whether or not he believed in god or not i'm judging him by like you know what he does as a president so it's the same thing here like i'm not judging kanye's heart on as you know being a believer of christ i'm just lyrically if you want me to buy your music like you have to do something for me and i don't think he has found his voice yet so you know he's got a lot of work to do but like i said i don't doubt he can do it um so, but moving right along, there was some more that happened on our on our hiatus. Um, Tyler Perry opened up his big studio in Atlanta, um, Georgia, after 
feeling like Hollywood wasn't noticing him and he had to go and sort of make things happen for himself and this, that, and a third. So what is your take on all that going on? About him going out and doing things for himself or about uh, opening up? Just all his new endeavors he's done lately. I'm proud of him for growing past the, um, past what made him famous. You know, the typical, uh, Medea stage <laughs> plays, Medea uh, movies. Yeah. Um, his movies all had a theme. They either surrounded Medea <laughs> or they had this, <laughs> or they had this undertone of, you know, the ghetto black, um, the underdog. Oh, I wasn't going to say that. I was going to say the underdog, <laughs> which is, you know, the, the, the mad black woman, literally. It's, the stereotypical, a lot of them had stereotypical that black person. No, stereotypical black oh. woman. Those that was the undertone to all of his, all of his, literally anything he's put out. The undertone, woman. somewhere in there, there was a mad black woman ranting. True. And they all had that undertone, which was, it's okay. That's fine. That's what made you famous. Like, let's be real. That. That was the audience he was reaching. Black families and black families were um how do I say this? You know, they're they were run by the black women, like and those were the the, the plays I watched as a kid. Well, <laughs> and I, I I almost feel like he feels like he has to talk about that or has to show that because of who raised him and um his upbringing, like I almost feel like he he feels like he has to do a tribute to how he came up or whatever. Um, and this is no excuse, but like I mean, I don't know. I mean, I think that he's definitely grown, um, but that that he can't shake that element for some reason, mainly because. Um, and maybe this is why he can't break into Hollywood because I wanted to ask you that. Why, why do you think Hollywood is not noticing Tyler Perry? Let me ask you that first. Um, it, he doesn't need Hollywood, but uh, <laughs> if that's like one of his goals, um, it's because he's not diverse. And there's nothing wrong with that. You can have, he's, to me, in my opinion, he, he has a niche and that's black women. That's his target audience. That's his niche. That's where he fits as far as who um, he's reaching out to, who's engaging in his uh, shows, movies, um, any of the work that he puts out. But that, that'd be the reason why, because he, he's not diverse. He has exactly. He hasn't bridged out of, and he doesn't have to, I say, stick to what you know. That's what he knows. Does it get like, oh, Tyler Perry, you, you, come on now. It, yeah, sometimes it feels like he's dragging it, but... It almost feels like oppressive. I can't... Ah, I wouldn't say oppressive because he takes it and he flips it. He's like, look, he's he's used... Um, but I think just to have that over and over and over again, like it just kind of gets oppressing in a way. Like, you know, like we can't shake this, like, you know, this label. Hmm. Um of us, and it's not his fault. But I mean, he's like you said, he's running with what works. But I will, I want to point out something that, like, um, me being a film student, like, I have to study like different things. Um, and I've been studying his new show, The Oval, and um, I've been reading a lot of reviews, uh-huh. and I can't find the script quite yet. But um, 
I've just been doing what I can to study. And a lot of people feel like um, it's too fantasy. Like it's it's not it's not realistic of what really happens on in the White House. Um, and I, I and I totally oh. can see what they're saying from the from the aspect of. And this is relating to what you said about the black women. It's like he's got this angry black first lady, um, and it's just that's the like, undertone. Angry black. Um, come on, like we're not. And here's the point: like we're not seeing enough what go, with what goes on in the country as far as the show. You know how is world matters affecting his family? How is um, you know, things going on in the country affecting this family, but it's just like, no, we're just seeing this family fight um, 24-7, and it's so, like, weird. I'm like, how do you get... I'm I'm not going to say it that much, because, I mean, I'd like to work with Tyler Perry one day, um, but I'm not trying to disrespect him or not, but this is just my opinion. No, honesty is... I mean... Never mind. <laughs> but no, you can't go wrong with honesty. I'd rather you be honest with me 11 out of 10 times than for you to lie to me once. Like, because then there's no trust. Then I can't trust your word. I'd rather you be like, well, yeah, you, they're all kind of the same. You know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't fire or not hire an employee because they were honest. Well, I, let me ask you this. Because there's plenty of black filmmakers and screenwriters in Hollywood. I mean, you have Shonda Rhimes, who is creator of Scandal, How to Get Away with Murder, um, Grey's Anatomy. Her shows have similar undertones too. But we well, go there. What, what, what I'm saying, why is it <laughs> that she can break into Hollywood, um, get her own night of TV? You know, Thursdays is Shonda's night. You know, on ABC. So I'm just like. What's going on? And now she's branching into Netflix. I know Tyler Perry has a few things coming on Netflix as well, but like mm-hmm. she's the, she's had a better experience being able to break into um, Hollywood. And I guess what we're saying about Hollywood is the white man's world. Um, I was just about to say that. I was about to say, not to say that her shows are whitewashed or anything, but. Um, you, if you compare, if you were to compare her shows to Tyler Perry shows, there is a real, there is a huge difference. Tyler Perry shows have a tendency to portray black people in a very honest light, in my opinion. Yeah, sometimes it can be, you know, oppressive to see certain things, but especially with the way the first lady um, acts on the Oval. <laughs> I've seen some women act like that. Some black women act like that. So I, I think he portrays it. And I think what people are like not admitting is that a lot of black women are dramatic like that. They're, they're dramatic. Like, so is he showing something that's really know. wrong with the black community then? No, I wouldn't say he's showing anything wrong. I would say he has a more accurate portrayal, and that's not Hollywood. You know what I'm saying? They, um, it's not. Well, we talked about this last time. Um, well, last two years ago when Black Panther came out, um, you know, there's a fine mm. Black Panther's Hollywood. That's not that's not a Tyler Perry or Black community thing. Like, even though the Black community 
rally behind it. That was that's a Marvel thing, which is run by white execs. W I T E W H I T E. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's run by white execs. So it's like why, that's what I'm saying. W H I T E. Why is that it's... story felt real, at least, you know, or because uh. And no, like Black Panther had a lot going for it. Uh, there's nothing wrong with it. I'm not saying other ones are inaccurate, but I would say they're polished versions of how. And it's not so polished that we don't see because we we relate to Black Panther. We can relate to Scandal. Um, what's the other show by Shonda? Grace. I'm trying to think of. We we can relate to those. It's just to me, there there are more polished versions of black people, but they're not so polished where you're like, okay, this is the so and so person's you know version of well, us. Well, I feel it's like I feel like polished. along the lines of polished, I feel like Shonda Shonda Rhimes shows, um, they don't show black people all in like one specific light that Tyler Perry always shows black people as far as like the angry black woman or like um, the super churched, you know, um, family or the super churched grandmother, um, which I feel like we always get on his shows, like this, this spiritual uh, wizard or, you know, it's just like, (laughs) I don't know. I just, I feel like Shauna's more diverse than Tyler Perry. And I think that Tyler Perry needs to be trying to, um, she he needs to be trying to like work with um, Shonda and learn from her, you know, and try to um, see like, hey, like what you're doing is working. You're where what I, obvious, obviously Hollywood is something that he desires, even though he's made his own um, stuff. You know, you don't do something you know, just cause, I mean, he's obviously trying, he's trying to get somebody attention. It's not just because, you know, I'm Tyler Perry and I can afford this, you know, it's just like, um, even he's trying to prove that like, you know, I'm not noticed by you, but you know, you will notice me. So it's just kind of like, how can he get over in that, into that realm of like where he wants to be? I just think he's just got to like surround himself with better, better writers, better. Um, and I noticed this, like, He's like the writer of every show. So it's just kind of like, it's not, you're not really getting a lot of people's takes on things. I don't know how it works with him, but from what I've looked at, it just, his name is on like Tyler Perry is the writer, the producer, the exec, you know, of the shows, (laughs) even though he has, you know, tons of people working behind the scenes. Um, yeah. I don't know. Maybe we'll find out more in the future. I mean, I'm I'm watching the Oval. I like the Oval. I just I can see things as a writer that I would try to do to um make it better and to kind of like not have those stereotypes um that we typically get. But moving right along, yeah. uh Miss Hot Topic herself, uh, Wendy Williams, over the last year she called it quits with her husband Kevin Hunter. So um, we know that Kevin has been cheating on her for years, but, you know, she just sat on the TV and denied it, denied it, denied it every um, 
every year. Maybe not denied it, but like she just never gave attention to it. Um, and then finally, like it took for him to have a baby with another woman for her to leave him. So, what do you think about that? Um, I'm proud of her for leaving. <laughs> uh, proud of her for not sitting, at least from what the public can see, not sitting, you know, somewhere crying over him. Um, she's living her life. Well, she's, been, uh, she's cried a few times. Love is a tricky thing. Yeah, but I mean, that's expected, but she's not sitting like, I don't see, you know, footage of her out here looking, well looking crazy acting crazy and you know lashing out on the public because you know well i'll say this i mean and correct me if i'm wrong but in my eyes i feel like when someone goes through a breakup with anybody the first thing you're doing for that first couple of weeks or even months or years is you're trying to get noticed by that person again, not in the aspect of you're trying to like get back with them, but you want them to see what they missed out on. So I feel like she's been doing a lot of that. Like she's out and about a lot more. Um, and I don't, I'm sorry. I don't think it's for the, the reasons of like, she wants to find love again. I think she wants Kevin to, to, to be jealous. Yeah. I, I wouldn't say it was for her to find, but I, I think it's helping her cope. Like I don't see like anything that she's doing as I'm. Well, that's in a what she said. Love, shows, you know, like she, I, she says, "Oh, um, <clears throat> quote unquote, you know, I'm not a girlfriend. I'm a, I'm a wife. Um, you know, stuff like that. Like she's not girlfriend material. She's wife material, and just she's always taking shots at him on the show. Like you know, um, if she has like a guest come on, like she'll and a guest is going through a divorce, she'll like." take a jab at Kevin like she clearly wants Kevin to 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 watch and see what she's doing you know it's just kind of like I feel like she wants I don't feel like she wants to be in love again I just think it's just like like I said it's like a look at me like you know she said this on the show like you over there changing pampers you know what I mean like I'm not saying she doesn't have to say stuff like that, but she's kind of like, just like the man changed the pampers. Like, you know what I mean? Like he's already lost the car. He already, you know, lost his job. You know, the the kid beat him up, you know? Um, You know what I mean? So it's just kind of like, why are you continuing with this? Like, I got tired of it. Like um, my sister would be like out watching it and I'll be like, is she talking about herself again? I'd be like, yeah. So I'll be like, let me go back in the room. Um, and turn to something else because like I can't sit for like her hot topics is like for 21 minutes and sometimes she spent like at least half of the time talking about herself like it was that interesting it was interesting like in the beginning but I, I think she's spelling herself too much like mm-hmm. Winnie you can't have a hot girl summer like it's over like you need to move on uh, stop it <laughs> yes she can no she can't have a hot... if that is what, t- what it takes for her to heal she can have a hot girl summer, a hot girl fall, a hot girl winter, um, mm-hmm. a sassy girl spring. Like if if that Old is what is making her happy, if that's what's keeping her <laughs> stop, if that's what's keeping her sane, I'm all here for it. I'm proud of her for not stopping everything. I know she had like a slight hiatus, 
you know, when she, when it first went down. But I'm glad that, like, I'm proud of her for coming back. Like, not. I just don't appreciate all of you the know. lies. You know what I mean? Like, if you're this woman who just sit on TV and you're talking about everybody else and you're always, whenever someone else goes through something, you're saying what you would do, <sighs> what you want to do, and you didn't do any of that. So it's just. That's a sensitive topic. That is a sensitive topic because love, love does make you do crazy things. I want nobody can say well, love does, doesn't make you do but, crazy I mean, things. Be honest she, with everyone else. Yeah, I get what you're saying. It's also it was a personal matter. Like maybe she hadn't come to terms with what was happening herself. Maybe that's what she had to tell herself to this get through work. This man has a sex I'm not tape saying it was right, on the but... internet. And you mean to tell me that she had to come to terms with... <laughs> you know what I mean? Like... Chris! <laughs> yes! Sometimes... sometimes I don't know... Okay. <clears throat> like, if there's ever any been anything really hard for you to come to terms with, say you didn't lie about it or whatever, but it was hard to speak on it. Like... Um, I'm trying to think like when I lost my uncle it was hard to speak on it I kind of just acted like it didn't happen you know I didn't lie to anybody and say you know um, he's still alive or oh yeah I talked to my uncle last week or whatever but when something or someone you really love has a, a that's had a big impact on your life kind of betrays you or he didn't betray I see what you, but you mean, know what I'm saying? Like, at the same time, it's kind of like she spent they, her whole marriage lying about this. I mean, she, so, she wrote a whole freaking book. You know, it's just kind of like I pay attention to its details. And the only time that she acknowledged that he did something was like early on in the marriage. But clearly, like these sex tapes and stuff that he had come out, like was like later on in the marriage, not early on in the marriage. So it's just kind of like, why are you like still like trying to make it look like your man? you know, never tripped up. This is why. Because she, she was also raising a, a okay, young Okay, what man. a kid thing, yeah. Um, I can see that, the kid thing. But I, I just don't know. I mean, um, I do feel like she, she's making amends with a lot of people, which is great. Like, she made up with Nene from the Real Housewives of Atlanta. She made up with Andy Cohen. She made up with yes. um, Ty- Tyrese. You know, and a lot of these people, you know, fell out with her because of her husband. You know, believe it or not, Annie Cohen, you know, fell out with her because of the husband. Nene fell out with her because of the husband. Tyrese fell out with her and couldn't come back on the show because the husband told him he couldn't come back on the show. So it's just kind of like, you know, (laughs) Kevin is a narcissist and he is very um, controlling. You can tell he just tried to control every aspect, you know. He was a producer of a show. He was um, over her foundation. It's just like he just had his hand in too much. And I just feel like, um, I mean, she had it in her foundation because his name was on it. So she had basically like stopped the foundation and start a new one. So it's just kind of, it's just like, wow, like Kevin, you really ruined everyone's life. And then your kid beat you up. That's even more funny. Like your kid beat you up. <laughs> And then, you know, your kid had to go to court and all this kind of stuff like that. I just kind of like, I don't understand why men don't think about their actions before they like um, do it. And I'm a man, and I can say this, like, and I've been around some like interesting men over this last year. Um, and I just feel like um, I've seen a lot of immaturity. Um, 
And it's just like, wow, like, man, in America, we just, we need to step it up a little bit because just kind of like, we can't be doing these kind of things where um, it's affecting our children now. You know, it's just like, it's just weird. Um, I wish her the best. I mean, (laughs) um, her show's gotten a lot better since um, that time, that first, you know, initial time of the divorce. Um, So we'll be watching and... You know, and we'll be here to talk about you, Wendy. So, <laughs> but let's take it up a little bit. Let's go to present times now. We're in 2020 now. Um, and I, I was reading um, on the Daily Mail something very interesting. It says former Monty Python star Terry Gilliam slams hashtag me too as a witch hunt, complains he's tired of quote unquote white men being blamed for everything and calls Harvey Weinstein's victims adults who made choices. This is, to me, it's just kind of like very derogatory, very, just very nasty. Like, you know, like who blamed you, Terry, for anything? You know what I mean? Like, why are you trying to include yourself in something? And I want to read a quote to you. Um, because I feel like this story has a lot of layers um, to it. And again, this comes from the Daily Mail, our friends at the Daily Mail. He said, yeah, I said hashtag me too as a witch hunt. The 12s monkey director told Independent, I really feel there were a lot of people, decent people, de- decent people, excuse me, or mildly irritating people who were getting hammered. That's wrong. And when I read this, I kind of thought about... Um, Bill Cosby, because um, one of the things he said was, um, these are like decent people or something like that. Um, and I'm just kind of like, no one took up for Bill Cosby when, and this, Bill Cosby is wrong, let me say that. You know, Bill Cosby is totally wrong. He should be in jail. He should be where he is. But um, Janice Dickinson who went through tons of press, tons of um, court dates and stuff, trying to get Bill locked up. She comes back later on saying she made up some of the stuff. So it's like, um, in a way, he kind of has a point here, Like, because sometimes women lie on these men, and then sometimes it's the truth. So it's kind of like, but you still can't say... Um, Things like this to where it's like generalized that every man is being honest about um, there. You know what I mean? Like the, you can't generalize this yeah. kind of thing. It's kind of like Harvey Weinstein is wrong. Why are you comparing yourself with Harvey Weinstein? Like I said, like I don't know. I just feel like this was kind of like important to talk about because it's like I've seen a lot of people go down um, the hill when it comes down to stuff like this. And unfortunately, yeah. in America, like. Um, you know, and I love women and I support women, you know what I mean? But like, they take the woman's word first. So let's say like, you know, someone is actually being falsely accused. Like they get so much crap thrown on them up until the time they're proven innocent. It's kind of like, it's not really fair um, that, you know, and I'm not taking up for this guy because clearly I disagree with a lot of stuff he said, but I just feel like, um, you know, a man's word 
you know, should be taken into consideration as well. Not just because the woman said it, like, you still have to, like, you know, sit in the cell or whatever they do to you, like, up until the time you've, you're proven, like, innocent, you know? Yeah. I mean, I understand why he's comparing it to a witch hunt. Um, and that's only because anytime there is an event where people have been traumatized or hurt, a lot of people right. tend to bandwagon onto that and not know the facts. And then next thing you know, you, they're thinking about a situation where they might not have even been sexually assaulted. It could have just been they were in a situation with a pushy guy, but they said yes when they, you know, if it was really that deep and you didn't want to be with him, say no. And then if things proceeded, then, you know what I'm saying? So I see why, because well, a lot of like, women have yeah, been flipping their stories. I've heard some dumb things. Yeah, I've heard some dumb things. Like um, there was this one girl, she said she was sexually assaulted because she fell asleep while she was doing the deed with her friend and I was like that's not sexual assault <laughs> you just fell asleep like and I'm not making light of the situation it's just it's things like that you know everybody's hopping on the bandwagon like well okay well I wasn't fully this but like uh, it's 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 a very complicated complex issue and there are people out there that really do need their voices heard and need the encouragement to come out because there are some people out there doing terrible things to people. Um, as far as, you know, rape and sexual assault goes. But I see why do he compared it to a witch hunt because, I mean, I can it it's starting to look like that. It's, I... It's every day now I see something about the Me Too movement. Not saying there's anything wrong with that. Not I'm not downplaying it at all, but some of the things I read make no sense. And I'm like, if you if you're gonna jump on the bandwagon, I mean, say you're an ally or you're a supporter, don't say me too and then say some ex- say your well, experience say that, that makes I think no this is sense what i was trying to get at in the be- uh, beginning when i introduced this article like and i got a little i missed this, i missed the point what i was trying to get at um he said he's tired of white men being blamed for everything and i think that's why i try to tie it i was trying to tie it in with bill cosby because i'm like well bill cosby <laughs> is a black man and he was blamed for a lot of stuff and then he had this one woman janice dickinson come out and say that she was actually fabricated some stuff um about him so it's just kind of like whenever someone, the, the point is whenever someone lies, you put other people at risk because it's kind of like, you know, the next person that comes, you know, like will people believe them or not because of your lie or, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, you put other people at risk because some people are actually really going through stuff. You know what I mean? Like you do exactly. And then they lose faith. That's my point. So like people like her that, um, they say anything to get the result that they want. And then they renege on their statement. And it's like, say I was somebody that was sexually assaulted. And I I was looking at the situation like, oh, yeah, you know, I can speak my piece. Even if nothing happens of it, you know, I can tell my story. I'm feeling confident. Then I hear that you lied just to get a man locked up. And it's like, 
even if he did do other stuff, you know, why aren't we focusing on know. the facts? I just, I just thought it was interesting. Because... He just thinks white men are tired. Um... <laughs> That's the issue. We're all uh, tired. White men are rarely uh, blamed for things going on. If anything, it's blamed on but everyone else. Feels but like the they're in a witch hunt these days. Um, Donald and... Trump felt like he was in a witch hunt. This person feels like he's in a witch hunt. It's just too much. He's people, not. Like, that, that's a situation where being attacked when it's just kind of like, where if there's some truth, you know, like Harvey Weinstein man did these things. You know what I mean? Like it's 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 he was he's one of the most feared men in Hollywood. You know, so it's just kind of like, yeah. When you have all the facts behind it, it's just kind of like. Unless somebody's really out to get you and they're fabricating all of this to get you locked up, like you have to look at it like if it's walking like a duck, duck, talks like a duck, you know, it might uh, actually be a things. duck. <laughs> um, <laughs> seriously, like. But anyway, I don't want to beat this one down a little bit, but. Mm. <sighs> well, it's good to be back. Um, one of the things that I most appreciate um, about this podcast, and this is this is our goal here, is we want to give millennials a perspective. Um, we want to speak from a, a millennial standpoint. Um, and I'm just excited to be back. I'm excited to have you back with me. Um, might have a few guests on every now and then, but um, I think we got a good plan mapped out here and Thank you guys for listening and just um, supporting us with the the Sweets blog um, and um, the Sweets podcast. Just different things we've done over the last five years. Um, believe it or not, it's been at least five to six years since I first started the Sweets brand. Um, so I just hope to grow it even more um, this year. So, And I will say, don't count the Sweets blog out just yet. So that's it for this episode. Thank you guys for tuning in. Tune in next time for the Sweets Podcast.